dog balls. <laughs> Are we recording? Yep. yep. Uh, Hot mic. Do it live. Greetings and welcome to Qualified Nonsense. Here at Qualified Nonsense, we tackle the tough questions that you send in with our sage and sound advice. Pho or ramen? Spaghetti or linguine? And, you know, what about pool noodles? They're noodles too. Stick around to find out our thoughts on these questions and more. My name's Jake. I'm Brandon. And I'm Matt. And this is Qualified Nonsense. What's the what's the actual difference between pho and ramen? Like, what's what makes it different? Um, is it the noodles? The country of origin. Yeah, the well, the everything, everything about it. <laughs> um, ramen it, uh, is Japan, uh, ramen's Japanese. Is, oh. oh, go ahead. I was gonna say pho has the uh, vermicelli noodles, right? Like or rice noodles. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. ob- objectively. They're kind of like the same thing, but the noodles are different, right? Well, they're soup noodles. I think their broth is different. The I, no, in fact, the broth is very different because pho has like a lot of um, a lot of like sp- like spicy spices. Not spicy as in hot spice, like um, cinnamon, cardamom, um, star anise, that sort of thing. And and did Ramen's I say ramen? More... Shit, yeah. No, no pho that's pho, like that. pho. That's that. Yeah. And then ramen is more like um, salty, spicy. Um... I guess that makes sense. I mean, I make I make our own pho here, but like I, I don't know when you sit down and actually think about it. I guess it makes sense, but yeah, I mean it, they're they're both they're both soup noodle dishes. So in that they're they're very similar, but the flavor mm. I think is is pretty pretty darn different. I love pool noodles. They can get the fuck out. They have no business here. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. I I I'll take that one out. What about a a (laughs) fagatini? Oh my god! What (laughs) is that? Isn't that a type of noodle? (laughs) You better be sure about that before you say that. I don't know. (laughs) Look it up. uh, I'm not going to put that in my browser. You put that in your browser. Do it on your work fagatini. Oh, uh, well, first Whoops. thing that comes up is Urban Dictionary, uh, which is not <laughs> yeah. a good sign. Either a martini enjoy. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you walked into that one. I'm not touching that one with a 10 foot pole. Brandon, what am I thinking? You, of? Good job, guys. I, well, I, Brandon, you're, you're thinking good of work. Being an insensitive asshole. Are off to a great start. <laughs> we need to start this over. <laughs> Uh, maybe I'll. And then I see a lot of cat food. (laughs) Anyway, uh, welcome to another episode of Qualified Nonsense. We want to open things up by letting you get to know us a little better by sharing one or two good things we've consumed recently. They know us, Brandon. They know exactly who we are. (laughs) Jake, Jake, have Jake have any good martinis lately? (laughs) Damn it! No, I. I, I thought that was a real. Uh, oh, I, I, like I, I thought it was real. <laughs> with a funny name, but. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> what am I? No, good, never mind. Yeah, good way to get I, uh What I've been enjoying lately is a chef named Jesse Jenkins on TikTok. He, his handle is 
ADIP underscore food, um, which um, stands for, uh, what does it stand for? Um, Leroy uh, Jenkins. A Day in Paradise or Another Day. Uh, that's what it is. Another Day in Paradise. But I encourage All you to check I them out. All Day I Dream About Sex. All Day I Dream About Sex. Um, <laughs> it's he's a he's a cinematographer and um photographer and a chef and his tiktoks are very enjoyable and also inspiring to the kitchen uh, oscar and i were my my seven-year-old and i were watching a few before bed um tonight and we uh we were like oh man that looks so good and uh and we decided that we were going to make a couple of his dishes and i have made a couple of his dishes and it is yummy but he also does it in like a super classy way like it's a really good really good presentation but see my my family's so lowbrow we we uh the girls really like a guy by the name of stale cracker oh that's right it's this it's this cajun guy and he calls everything hey all cool y'all he like takes all his dishes when he dumps them. And he's like, "Get that out of here!" And he's a crawfish farmer, crawdaddy farmer. Nice. My kids are not as classy as yours. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I like. And I in like... between, like things simmering, he's like, "And while we wait, we hydrate." And like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he calls everybody dude. He's like, "Can we watch the dude man?" <laughs> Now you saw my TikTok for everybody. Um, this last week, I filmed a, a charity event for a group that we work with called Multifamily Northwest. But it was at, and this is gonna, this is where it gets weird. It's called Tumwater Vineyard, which Tumwater is in Washington, but Tumwater Vineyard is actually in the very top hills of West Lynn, um, Oregon. And it is a beautiful venue. They have good wine. I tasted some of it. I don't know. I know a little bit about wine, but not enough to say like, hmm, mm-hmm. hmm, you know. Uh, but it was mm, it was this a good, is definitely not, a red. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you know, it makes this rosé. It's uh, rosy qualities that you can see here. Um, no, <laughs> but it was a. It's a beautiful venue. If you guys are in Oregon or Washington. Uh, check out Tumwater Vineyards. It's it's a good spot. Nice, Brandon. Neat. Um, I purchased a little game this weekend. It's called Dice Stack, and it's um just a little game like uh, we we bought it. So we we like to like take games to restaurants or bars or whatever, and uh, just something like uh, that we can pack easily. And it's um a set of dice and they're all like misshapen and weird and big. And, um, you have to, you roll the dice and then you have to stack them as high as you can, like in ascending order. And, uh, however many, as long as they stay, you get that many points. First person to a hundred wins. It's, it's pretty easy. It'd be probably a a good game to play with your kids. Nice. Uh, like stackable Yahtzee kind of except the dice are all like weirdly shapen so they're kind of trickier to to stack hmm. but yeah dice stack it's a lot of fun nice cool. what about you matt matt already i already went. did mine oh i'm sorry you're right no yeah <laughs> yep. so whoops there we have it 
there we have it. Why don't we take ourselves a short little break and we'll be right back with listener questions. Welcome back. If you'd like your question, comment, or rap sheet read on the show, drop us a line at qualifiednonsense at gmail.com or write to us on our socials. Our first question comes to us from Zane in Vancouver, Washington. Zane writes, Hi, boys. After nearly 25 years of smoking, I've decided to quit. I have quit for my health, to save money, and just the overall social stigma against smoking nowadays. I have to keep reminding myself why, because it's really easy to lose sight of that and slip up. It's been two weeks so far, and I could really use some words of encouragement and any advice on how to fortify my willpower. Thanks in advance. That's tough. Good on you. That's that's a that's a tough endeavor. Uh, good on you for getting through two weeks. Um, I, I would say to make sure you've got something to tinker with or to play with. Um, I know the kids. Well, I, probably not anymore, but. Uh, get a fidget spinner or like one of those click cubes or something. And, and it helps occupy the, the physical thing that is smoking and, um, and potentially like, I, I, I remember, I can't, can't remember who it was. I'm sure a lot of people have said this, but um, people, people who golf have quit smoking by using a golf tee to just hang out in their mouth and it's just that that physical familiarity and sensation or coffee stirs coffee stirs yeah that's a good point anything that sort of occupies that same um oral fixation the oral fixation and also just like the tactile like everything to do with the tactile um nature of smoking replace it with something that'll help especially when the craving's bad right well Um, brandon you and i have both quit smoking uh, mm-hmm. so started around the same time. Uh, you you continued on for a bit after I stopped, but um, I, I I found a lot of it was the uh, the social aspect. And we we started smoking at a time where you could still smoke indoors at some places, but it wasn't mm-hmm. for very long. And then shortly thereafter, they nixed it all inside, and then it was out to patios, which. <clears throat> I don't think really hindered a whole lot of people and still doesn't because there's still an area designated for it. But, um, Oregon, well, it is definitely dwindling. It does seem like you see fewer and fewer people smoking outside of bars or, um, even, even in casinos, you know, it's, uh, I feel like I see a lot more people vaping though, which I know is a thing. But even still, um, I, I've, I mean, I see people just like sitting in their cars vaping almost as much as I used to see them smoking, I feel like. Yeah, I see vaping. But that's that is true. That, place. Yeah, yeah, ton that's of people. something that like, never, yeah. it never just, it, like it never caught my fancy um, to have, I don't know, like cotton candy flavored smoke. Like I just, oh, whatever, <laughs> you know, not, not to say like Marlboro, slims or you know any better it's still they still smell but um you know i i have seen quite a bit of it go down but you know you and i brandon we stopped smoking and a lot of it was a the social aspect of you know you're in a group of people that all smoke so i'd hate to suggest 
<laughs> choose different jokers friends. Jokers are jokers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree. Um, we flushed but, your sin sticks down to hell. Yep, there you go. <laughs> Straight. That to hell. was. I, I remember that when we were in in um, when I was in Louisville, Kentucky. All the all of the uh, a lot of business would happen going outside and smoking like connections were made like the social element of connections being made but like deals were made not like fully written out deals but like sort of bs handshake deals so i you know i definitely felt like when i didn't go out and at least hang out but also just like if you're going out it's so easy to to bum a cigarette and shoot the shit because there were you know, at, at the time, like as an actor, like there were opportunities to be had, which is like a weird thing. But like, it's it's real. But at the same time, you know, they they're banished to doing it outside. So there is a certain element of like, sure, if you're going to do this, go outside and you can't hang out with everybody else that's not smoking, which was the majority of people. And mm -hmm. it does suck to feel like you're missing out on something, right? Like there's a conversation you're missing out on. There's um, you know, a networking opportunity that, right. Yeah. You know, let's assume like, Hey, your boss is going to go outside and smoke. It's like, well, I should probably go out and see what Gary's wants to talk about. Yeah. Well, and yeah, people are like the most gossipy when they're smoking. So mm -hmm. you're missing out on some hot workplace goss, hot tea, all is three that, and a half minutes of dragging on that stick. But no, um, yeah, you, like Matt mentioned, I, you used to smoke and it does um it does get easier over time and, and eventually you won't feel any cravings and you won't miss it um it, it'll seem unappealing at some point like uh, you know like i i hate smelling smoke um i hate the smell of yeah just errant cigarette smoke yeah um and i, I will say claim to be oh, go ahead well well, I, I was going to say, uh, just kind of as some words of encouragement, just don't give in to the temptation because it's it's never worth it, and that you'll you'll never be glad you had a cigarette. Yeah, you'll, you'll no, be glad exactly. you didn't. Hang, hang out and not do it as long as you can, because I will say, not perfect. There are times and places where I will go and I'll still have a cigarette, but it's those times where. I'm in Vegas. I'm in the casino. I'm going to light up and have a cigarette on the casino floor. Then you have one and you're like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, you're you know, never like me, happy. You have one. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yes. it's like now I, now I walk away smelling like that. My breath smells like that. It's my fingers smell like that. But mm -hmm. for me, at least I enjoyed the way cigarettes smell. And I still do. I still enjoy that like secondhand aspect. But when you put one in your mouth and you take your first hit or whatever, you're like, ugh. I just prefer the way that they smell. You know, everybody's different though. Like I know, I don't think Brandon, yeah. I don't think you like the way that it smells. Um, no, but everybody has everybody like, don't try to be perfect because there will be times, but I will say your very first stretch, hold out as long as you can, because you will, if you tell yourself no entirely for the rest of your life, you're going to crash pretty hard. So I would say set a goal and meet that goal and then if you find yourself in a position of like, man, I'm just itching, I'm itching, I'm itching, have it. And then you'll realize how disappointed with yourself, yourself you are because you've just caved and you had a cigarette. And, and then also it, like, yeah. And, and with it, you'll be disappointed by 
it entirely. Well, like, man, I did this for so long. I mean, you know, slip ups are are okay. It's it's totally fine, and it happens. You know, but I will say, don't you know if you really want one, don't just be like, Oh yeah, I really want one. I'm having really bad cravings. Don't just give into that because it is a slippery slope. And especially if you've been, you know, smoking for almost 25 years, that's, it's probably really easy. I'm I'm sure in those 25 years, you probably quit several times. Like there's um, that Mark Twain quote that it's like, quitting smoking is easy i've done it thousands of times like i'm sure (laughs) in in that time you have done it and uh uh tried to and you know you found yourself smoking again by probably slipping up so i think if you can hold out as long as possible yeah chances are it's a trigger that's going to cause you to go back to it you had a stressful day at work you got in a fight with somebody um you got reprimanded Mm -hmm. at work like i just it's at those times where you need to like consciously tell yourself, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to find something else. Yeah. Also keep in mind. Uh, 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 Oh no. Lost it. Wait, lost it. I lost it. Dang. Oh, it's not loading. Never mind. Just well, trying to load the smokers. That was a metaphor for for Good. cigarette smoking. But see, it just just doesn't pay off. Big <laughs> opportunity gone. Well, and also after twenty five years, I've decided to quit. And you reached out to us, and you decided to reach out to us. So you're looking for encouragement, validation, and the like. So you got us. We're here to help you. Yeah. Um, make your first stretch as long as you possibly can. Try not to think about it, even though you likely will at some point. But that's those are the times where you need to refocus and recenter and think about something else. Distract yourself. For sure. Best of luck. Just Zane. have a beer instead. Every time you want a cigarette, just have a beer. Uh... Oh, yeah. Getting getting <laughs> drunk is uh, always a good idea. I didn't say to... get drunk. Um... <laughs> <laughs> You just like smoke a little crack, um, and uh, <laughs> have an ice cream cone. Yeah, that seems totally reasonable. We have a friend whose whose dad uh, quit smoking when we were young, and he um, he went with Coca Cola. That was kind of his thing. Yeah. He would crack a Coke. I mean, yeah, it may not be the healthiest of alternatives, but at least you're not smoking. I thought that was more for like drinking, but. I don't know. Oh, oh, no, that's what it was. That's what it was. Because he was smoking the, like, Swisher Sweets and... (laughs) Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. If you're smoking Swisher Sweets, like, there's no need to quit because those are fucking awesome. (laughs) Especially if you inhale. Um, (laughs) That's right. I forget that the Coke... Coke, I forgot that Coke was for uh, for drinking. Forget that. Scratch that from the books. (laughs) Unless that helps. I mean, that's that's just an example, though, of if you're having a craving, find something to mm-hmm. t- 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 chew a piece of gum or something. Punch a hole through the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Kick yeah, a cat. That's a, yeah. mm-hmm. Spank your children. Oh, uh, nope. Okay. <laughs> I always got to. Here's the line. <laughs> 
Anyway. All right. Our best of luck, Zane. Our next question comes to us from Tim in Richmond, Virginia. Tim writes, hi, QN. Like Matt, I am not a fan of flying. I have recently accepted a job, however, that requires me to travel between our regional offices. Matt, what tips do you have for me? Mind you, I may be traveling with work colleagues. Probably shouldn't be too loopy. And for Brandon and Jake, do you have things like this in your life? I don't want to call them phobias, but phobia light. Thanks. Um, you know what, Tim? I've actually found that traveling with um, people that are not close to me, I have traveled with uh, professional companions and it actually makes it better because it, uh, it does put in the back of my mind, I have to act a certain way. Like I can't just be completely terrified. I am honest with them and let them know, Hey, I, you know, I'm not necessarily a fan of flying. I'm relatively afraid. Um, Definitely be transparent in case something does happen. But I found that flying with people that are not close to me, I do have to put on the quote unquote brave face for, and it's usually panned out pretty well. There was one instance um, that was not the best, but that was, you know, everybody on the plane was feeling that as well. So it wasn't just me at that point. (laughs) Is it, um, when it comes to your anxiety about flying, is it, uh, what, what about flying makes you anxious? So I have yeah, narrowed walk it us down. through feeling horrified. <laughs> it's it is takeoff, uh, takeoff, takeoff. And it's not the it's not the fear of heights. It's not the fear of being up super high. It's the feeling of not being grounded. So I'm holding my hand right now above above my desk and my my hand is not grounded to my desk. So it's all the area in between. Right. Yeah. The, the feeling of nothingness. I don't like not being grounded. I could be up in the tallest building in the world and feel just fine because I know that there's a base there. Right. Um, uh, My friend Nancy Noto also described this to me. She used to fly all over the place just fine. And then her friend described that feeling to her. And then she was like, I get it now. And now she's afraid of like now she she definitely gets some drinks and pop some pills to go to go fly. Yeah, it's I mean. And I, and I, I, I yeah, I, I, and I get it. Cause I, cause I being an asshole, I, I enjoy flying and I try to think about that mentality and it does. It's, it's like, it's really easy to get spooked by that empty space that like what 40,000 feet, 30, 32,000 feet between you and the ground. Like that's, it's bananas. It's bananas to think about. And like, what's kind of fun about it is that like humans aren't like, they're not really supposed to like think about that experience it by any stretch of the imagination. So like, yeah, of course it, of course it's anxiety inducing. I think, you know, the the, Tim, your job is probably going to help you quite a bit because the, the more you have to do it, I think you definitely um, get a little desensitized with experience and for me i'm in a position right now where i don't have to go anywhere it's everything is everything is a luxury but if my work mandated that i have to travel um i do think there's a bit of that uh desensitization 
that will that would happen because you have to do it all the time. So it might be it might work in your best interest to actually have this happen. But what do I know? At the same time, yeah, I mean, it could be like something you dread, like, oh, no, here it's uh, the quarterly whatever. And it's just something you dread. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I That would be interesting to see if if you do. It just becomes a sort of a, a routine thing for you and you kind of you don't even think about it. So I have time. I have found that the more places I fly to over and over again, like uh, Las Vegas, for example, that's a short flight for us here in the Pacific Northwest. And it's a fun place to go. But for every airline, it's what they call an early sit city because you're flying in over the desert mountains and it gets really bumpy the first time. Yeah, it was it was pretty shocking the second time. Oh, I think I remember this. The third, the fourth, the fifth time is like, nah, let me know what's going on. Oh, yeah, there it is. There's those hills Like you can start to identify the landmarks that, you know, will cause certain things for so like. You know, for those of us that are afraid of flying, any little bump we feel, obviously, we're going to analyze and overthink. So Mm -hmm. if I see outside my window, uh, first of all, I if I don't have to, I will not fly at night. I like to see what's going on and I will sit by a window that makes me feel better. So if I can have those variables that you're still in control over, um, you know, start to make those identifying landmarks of, oh, here we go over this over this mountain range. I know it's going to get kind of bumpy. So the first time you feel it, yeah, it's going to be pretty jarring. But the second or third time, especially if you're traveling for work, you at least can start to identify those things. While I would say that your anxiety about flying is not unwarranted, um, the definition or one of the definitions of phobias is the the fear of something um, for irrational reasons. And Anna is a therapist and she's um we've we've talked about it a lot um and um to to cure phobias is essentially like the best cure for phobias is exposure um and and repeated exposure to sort of show that it's not all that bad and so i would imagine just by nature of having to go to work and do the travel like what matt was saying i i hopefully I hope this for you, Tim, <laughs> that that you're able to uh, sort of work through that that fear and and at least you know probably not become comfortable with it, but but become have it be manageable for you to do without it being like a a super bad time. And you never know; this may be a blessing in disguise because you accepted a job that will be paying you to travel and hopefully helps you overcome that fear to a certain degree. So if you've been holding yourself back from traveling. Maybe your job will help you uh, explore a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. But what about you, you and uh, you and Brandon? Do you guys have any phobias? I've been pretty outspoken about flying. What about you guys? Outside well, of your commitment issues, Jake. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. Accurate. Based on the beginning of this episode, you'd think I had homophobia. Oh no! But, uh, <laughs> I totally forgot about that. <laughs> <just> now. <laughs> um, I mean, I I think we've talked about it on on this episode. I, I don't. 
I, I guess the the biggest thing that is like swimming in open bodies of water or dark pools, just like not being able to see what's underneath me in water. But but I mean that that that's a lot more avoidable, I would think, than uh, than flying. So yeah. unless your plane crashes into the ocean and you survive. True, that's a, a horrifying situation. I, I would hope to die with the plane if that were the case. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, about, being like, stranded Titanic. in the ocean. I mean, even without like sharks or whatever, just being stranded in an open body of water would Oof, be... Yeah, that'd be... Yeah. Or if you were flying to death. Malaysia, then you still wouldn't be found. <laughs> yeah. Um. I uh my family makes jokes that I I'm pretty comfortable around um um properly scary like creatures or um animals or situations generally but um my biggest sort of jump scares were um were with uh, a a rabbit once um just like it surprised me jumping out of a bush and it was uh, there was a big storm. We were in Costa Rica, and we were looking for poison dart frogs. Um, Anna and I, and this, <laughs> it was like raining and lightning and all this stuff. And this like small harmless bunny r- jumps out of the bushes and just scared the absolute shit out of me. And I like <laughs> jumped, and I'm sure I shrieked. And Anna thought it was so funny. She's like, she's like, I don't see you, you know, afraid of all that much. And and. Um, Anyway, so she, so we regularly talk about like nature's most vicious creatures, the 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 bunny rabbit, the common bunny rabbit, and then, uh, and then more recently, a toad jumped, and I and I didn't know it was there, and I was like, whoo, and so can't can't not think most... about the the Monty Python with the the holy hand oh, grenade yeah. where they're trying That's to right. kill the rabbit, like the rabbit that takes off people's head. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I think it's more jump scare stuff um that that spooked me and it's and it, they are properly like harmless creatures that that like <laughs> give me the biggest scares which is kind of funny but i think that's i think that's for the most part mine nice yeah <laughs> well tim i'm excited for you and your job uh congratulations by the way yeah congratulations uh, and well you know what? Start racking up those miles. Yeah. I will get, say this, uh, though. This would be my suggestion, is you should make your job give you all the miles that you personally fly personally accounted for. Don't let those go back to the company. Those should go to you. I think a lot of that stuff does, doesn't it, typically? Because it's like assigned to a specific name, right? T- yeah, typically it does. I have seen some companies that do allocate them back to the the entity because they are booked on a company card. <laughs> so, hmm. well, like Krisha, um, she travels. Uh, well, she used to do it more pre-pandemic, and then I think she's starting to get into it more. But she travels a lot for work, and uh, I, I know with like hotel points. Um, she books through IHG hotels and it's like a personal thing. And so we've gotten like free hotel rooms from her work. Uh, nice. nice. Yeah. But anyway, um, 
and also maybe get your work to spring for first class because that that won't hurt. So might make you feel better. Yeah. Just show yeah. up blitzed wherever you need to go. Yep. One hundred percent. Like, oh blitzed. boy, now we got to go pick up Tim at the airport. Woo! Let's party. <laughs> well, if it's for work, you probably don't want to be a problem. But anyway, you are the problem, Tim. I am the drama. I am the drama. Bring the drama. <laughs> All right. All right. Why don't we take a short little break and we'll be back with the lightning round. Also, really quick, I can't get the sound effects to work. So. Oh, God damn it. And we're back with the lightning round. Soundboard is down. Here we go. Oh, it's not. Uh, did that do anything? Yeah, that, that was it. That was that was. There, oh, there was. There we go. The first, that first one was distant thunder, but it came, uh, came <laughs> yeah, rolling came through. Rolling in. All right. Well, this is the lightning round. Uh, we go around asking each of us. Oh my god, it gets louder. It just keeps getting louder. <laughs> We're gonna ask each of us three questions. Between. We spend one to two minutes of it on each question, oftentimes more. Go ahead and start with Brandon on this one. Uh, hey, Brandon. Mm-hmm. Would you rather be in jail for five years or be in a coma for a decade? Uh, coma for a decade. I've been to jail and I'd rather be in coma in a coma for a decade. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot that. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I, uh, it's sort of like um, I was talking to Christian about this, like, like uh, a, it's uh, being in a coma is sort of like when you want time to pass quickly, you do like a depression nap where you like sleep just to like make time pass. <laughs> I do that every Sunday anyway. afternoon. <laughs> but uh coma for a decade. Any Fair day. enough. Jake. Over jail. Jail for five. Yeah. Let's fucking go. All right. I'm ready for a new experience. You're ready for your first tattoo? Yeah. <laughs> I'm you, I'm gonna man? go uh, I'm gonna go with coma because I have now been under anesthesia, and it was delightful. <laughs> I and mean, it would I, it would go like a flash. Yeah, the, mm. for all you know, is you just wake up. I, I will say this is all dependent on your family not pulling the plug. <laughs> yeah, it's been nine and a half years. I mean, what, <laughs> what, what not the ter- that was the Terry Shivo, right? It's been Remember nine that? years, 364 days. Let's pull the plug. <laughs> this is, yeah. Insurance is going to lapse. We got to get this thing over with. Well, also, say, like, maybe after a decade, I might be able to finally grow a beard. So, <laughs> yeah, finally, yeah. Leave everything alone long enough to. Well, also, a decade right now wouldn't be too bad. I mean, we'd wake up, we'd be, you know, 48, which isn't like horrible. Yeah, but wouldn't your body slow down too? So you'd only be like maybe forty-three. Don't you do? Mm, I, do I you, do you like slow down aging? Do you slow down an well, aging? I guess I wouldn't be doing like that shut down? hard living I'm doing now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean your body would also atrophy like crazy. So 
I, whatever yeah, whatever like, like, like no energy you save one. yeah whatever energy you save i'm sure your body sort of consumes in other ways you'd look like christian bale on the machinist just kind of like nice i'd lose weight have a cool beard i don't see any downsides <laughs> <laughs> don't have to pay taxes for 10 years let's go <laughs> oh yeah how does my that four, work my oh, four, that medical bill that oh, who cares because you're spending your 401k cares? keeps growing Oh, true. No, and you just you hit just up dollar like, four. A dollar four is medical debt forgiveness. You're fine. Where you just get the bill in the mail and be like, you can miss me with this shit and just throw it away and <laughs> never, never pay it. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're not going to, I mean, what, you get sent to collections? Oh, well. Like, yeah. You're going to wheel your ass out of there. Like, I, I'm sorry, I don't have $10 million to pay you. Well, no, and most that's the whole thing. I'm gonna we should plug dollar four because dollar four is uh their medical debt forgiveness, and not just by way of simply paying for your debt, is most hospitals are technically nonprofits and they actually assist you in filling out the paperwork in the correct way to have your medical debt forgiven. It's, hmm. it's pretty interesting. They reached out the, the buddy who owns it's a friend of mine, but they help everybody nationwide. And they reached out when Rona was in the NICU and he was like, hey, man, do you need any help? Do you need any assistance with this? And kind of like opened my eyes to it. It's pretty interesting. I'm still going to say coma. I've heard of uh, like church groups and things buying up medical debt and just forgiving it. But yeah, but here's the thing. The hospital legally has to forgive it if they're a nonprofit and you meet their requirements, which their requirements are pretty wide. Like you can make a significant chunk of change in a salary and still fall within the requirements for debt forgiveness on the hospital's behalf. Hmm. Hmm. So. Yeah, anyway. So, so in this, in this situation, you guys could choose your hospital for to, in which you would want to be comad. <laughs> uh, in home. In home. All right. Yeah. Bet more comfy beds. Does that mean I get to choose the jail too? Mm, depends on the crime. Nice. It'll be a big one. <laughs> I choose right. the large. The next, the next one. Hopefully, you guys did your homework on this. Uh-oh. Hey, Brandon, what quote resonates with you the most? Um, I think the MLK quote. True peace is not merely the absence of tension. It is the presence of justice. Read it one more time. True peace is not merely the absence of tension. It is the presence of justice. Meaning that for true peace to happen, uh, there needs to be a level of justice that occurs. Yeah, but if you know Jesus, you know peace. And no Jesus, no peace. <laughs> yeah, but then somebody needs an ass whooping also. <laughs> according to MLK. <laughs> Jake, what about you? This is going to sound cheeky, but it's it's I, I, it's not. Um, and I'm sure John it's quoted from something else. No. <laughs> um, um, I would say the... The only one I can think of um, is from 
space balls, but uh, <laughs> the, the, the smoke them if you got them uh, that uh, after they come out of um, super light speed or whatever it was. He's like, Ludicrous speed. Him. Ludicrous speed, yeah. And he falls over. But I, I actually do think that that's, uh, even though we were just talking about smoking, um, hang in there. Don't, stay off the the cigs. But um, yeah, the smoke of him is is like that mentality of like, you know, live, live, live a little, and and smokers are jokers. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I'm gonna. So I actually heard this not too long ago, and it was, admittedly, scrolling TikTok. But it's a quote about friendship that's uh, from that's being read by Christopher Walken. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let him do the talking. We're born alone, we die alone, and in between, we spend our lives looking for something, connection. That's all we want. Every once in a while, we might find it in a true friend. Many friendships will come only to fade as quickly as a firework, but some, a rare and precious few, turn life up to 11 and keep it there. You gotta hold on to friends like these because just like air, you'll miss them when they're gone. So, I liked it a lot. Hmm. Did you? Could you hear it? Yeah. Was that a quote from him or from someone else? It's, it wasn't. Cre- it's it wasn't credited. Movie. Oh, it's in a movie. But uh, I think I think it was in um, uh, like uh, Seven Assassins or not Seven Assassins. Uh, four Guys and a Gun or something like that. I don't remember. I don't remember what it's called. Let's see. Just said it was a commercial. But um, I, I will. I, I did hear another one recently that's a little more meaningful that I think um, speaks volumes. But um, a crime with a fine is only a crime for the poor. That has really resonated with me of late um that i think is like sort of telling about the uh, like one of the big problems in the united states right now yeah yeah hmm well i'm trying to find brandon can't leave a stone unturned i know was it from a commercial uh The brief Google search that I did said it was from a commercial, but well, you mm. keep your search up. We're going to move on to the next question. Jake, would you rather live a boring life and be immortal, or would you rather live a short life that's incredibly exciting? Short and exciting, because I think immortality is going to be pretty grim. What with at least you get to see the end of the world, friends dying, and yeah, but like to what end? You're like, oh, hey, that's that that star is expanding. 
ah, it's hot now. <laughs> um, and then like, and then eventually everything is cold. Um, yeah, no excitement. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm here for, I, I live, uh, I live my life 60. What is it? A quarter mile at a time. Quarter mile at a time. That, that one. That's definitely. I too like me. to live dangerously. Mm-hmm. Um, so Brandon, would you rather live a long, boring, eternal life? Or would you live a short, incredibly exciting life? I don't have an age number at which you would die. It would just be short. <laughs> short relative to eternal? Or, uh, no, um, oh man. Yeah, it was short. Well, hmm. Exciting could be like you get robbed every day or something, but like, uh, um, but yeah, uh, not here for a long time here for a good time short incredibly exciting life nice also good oh you want to live forever but be boring yeah i'm not okay with the like uh i'm not okay with my mortality yet oh no i mean dude me neither (laughs) as we've covered a number of times like that shit keeps me up at night and i'm doing this in my sweatpants like this is not exciting (laughs) <laughs> oh, I mean, it's exciting. It's exciting, but you know. Well, not... so does that mean uh, like a, a boring life? Would that be like you uh, don't derive any enjoyment from anything, or it would just be? Well, it would be. Yeah, I mean, you're not out like going to the Maldives with swimsuit models, and you're not flying to you know, Amsterdam the next day after that. This is to say, like, you're going to sit in your rocking chair and probably have your tv dinner and like is it boring to you because like i probably live a life that's boring to some people but i like this is where we really should have a a live a live viewing of this because (laughs) because matt's face of of frustration and and brandon's brandon's not just pressing buttons here he's he's like genuinely interested to try and get it like (laughs) clarify how he's gonna answer He's sitting in the dark with his toys behind him, really trying to figure out what boring means. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, they're, they're not toys. <laughs> they're adult Don't collectibles. Don't worry. <laughs> You'll still have your Elvis collection. <laughs> um, also, boring. just, that, just uh, safe. Eh, eh, it's short and exciting. Why not? Um, that uh, Christopher Walken thinks comes from a commercial for this German bike brand called YT Jeffsy. Oh, so there you go. It's, nice. Yeah, anyway. a commercial got me. Yeah. Well, you should buy one of their bikes from the Germans. I guess oh, I have one of their cars it, already. <laughs> I'm reading the full the the full quote, and it says, "Write it out together, just like Jeffsy and I." <laughs> well, it did end a little abrupt. I I, I enjoy seeing um, and hearing like uh, foreign commercials with like popular actors. Um, who has a really good one? Um, there's a bunch of Japanese whiskey ads with and i think they actually riffed on it in uh a lost in translation they like they like made made sort of a a joke about it but 
there are some really good ones out there. I feel like it's not even like it, like movie stars used to have to go to foreign countries to make commercial money, but now they're just in com- American commercials. Like that's a good point. Shamelessly, <laughs> you know, like uh, George Clooney does like all the Nespresso things, and oh yeah, that's so You're like Charlize <laughs> Theron that does all the Dior stuff. I'll never understand ever. As much as I love fragrances, I'll never understand their fucking commercials. Yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole, yeah, it's a whole mountain of bullshit. They don't mean anything. (laughs) At least you'll smell good. I mean, sometimes. If that's your thing, yeah. It means she gets a nice uh, vacation home. Well, good for her. (laughs) She's going to have that exciting short life. Nice. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, <laughs> let's wrap it up. Uh, <laughs> thank you all for listening. Right A special there, thanks right? to Zane and Tim for this week's questions. Send your advice questions to qualifiednonsense at gmail.com or hit us up on our socials found in the episode description. Don't forget to rate, review, share, like, and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. We'll see you back here next Wednesday for another brand new episode of Qualified Nonsense. Goodbye. Bye-bye now.